Welcome back to Survivors of Destruction. Um, I'm coming at you again. I got another guest um, two times in a row now. I'm, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting all my stuff now, and I'm getting everybody back back on, getting everybody lined up. And uh, I got a good bro here that uh, I really respect. And um, man, I knew for a long, long time. Uh, I don't I don't even remember when I first met him. I think I think it's in 2002 in Lakota Homes. <laughs> and uh, the first time I came back, and, uh, or one of the times I started jamming up with all the boys up here in, in Rapid, but um, I met him up here, and man, he's been a good dude to me ever since, man, I've seen him in Washington a couple times after that, then, then I moved back, and I've been in contact with him ever since, and uh, he, he's a real knowledgeable dude, humble guy, hardworking guy that, you know what I mean, I respect, and uh, man, I'm, I'm anxious to hear his story about how he came up, and kept close to the culture and the language and he's you know he's like whenever i make songs he's who i go to and he, he gives me these words and and uh and helps me understand what i'm singing and and and, and whatnot and uh i'm going to introduce you to my my good bro delaney apple and i'll let him introduce himself and kind of let you know where he's from and then we'll take it from there oh uh, 
Yeah, I remember. I kind of like. I remember a little bit. I I got asked to go to singing practice, so I show up and I look across the drum and hey, there's another Ishtatho sitting there, <laughs> man. I was like, all right, hey, we got more green eyes here, man. Yeah, Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we we start jamming. I was like, damn, that's yeah, badass, yeah. man. That's a good deal. That's good shit. So I always looked out for you and seen you around and I was always happy when you come around. You know, Hell yeah, bro. Hell yeah. And uh so welcome. Thank you for welcoming me and um all the listeners out there, you know, another tana capo and um I wanna just uh obtable a pink de leche la coagula capcha. My Lakota name is Helps First, and uh, I got another Lakota name from uh, Jerome. What's his name? Jerome. Kill small, I think it was a while back. I used to go around in my twenties, and I'd go around and talk at uh, schools and do prevention work and um and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. he must have seen me somewhere. And then all of a sudden, when I went to Vermilion, he was mm-hmm. there, and we went to Inipi, and uh, he talked with me. And um, there were some other guys there, and he gave me that name. Uh, yeah, just yeah. out of the blue, you know, it's like that's you, man. So, so I have two Lakota names. Um. And uh, um, I'm from the Oyukhpe band uh, where we settled down in uh, Manderson, South Dakota. And my mom is named Zandra Apple. And uh, Paul Apple and Estella King Apple. Paul uh, George Apple, no Susie Whitelands Apple, uh, uh, it's Jefferson King, Stella King, Fast Thunder, So, um, yeah, so I've been learning like a lot of. I'm trying to learn Lakota, you know, and just keep it Lakota yeah, yeah. when I can. But I, I mess up, and I still like if I sit there and just like not think about it. Yeah, like I could just natural, see it huh? in my head. Yeah, natural, and I, yeah. I can, I can, and I don't have all the little whole yeah and all the all the little words yeah. and stuff, you know. Yeah. But I can understand a lot of it, and so so um. It's pretty good. It's but Bro, you want, you want to go ahead and give a a short uh, translation of what you just said for the listeners that don't speak. So my mom is my mom is Zandra Apple. Um, she's uh, Oglala Lakota. Um, she lives in Seattle, Washington, uh, Bellevue, actually right now. But she's been out there for fifty years, my whole life. So um, I've grew up with my grandma my mom got pregnant at college and then went home to manderson and then uh i wanted to go back to college Mm -hmm. so she took me for a little while as a baby and then eventually my grandma said bring me bring him so Mm -hmm. i went back to manderson when i was still a baby and uh, got to live with um my grandma and grandpa and grew up in manderson yeah went to school there and then uh, we moved out to grass creek and 
um, went to went to school at at Rocky Ford after that. But in my this is all on the Pine Ridge Reservation. Yeah. So so my my mom's family is all I know. My dad is Washichu. I don't know him. Mm-hmm. Um, he don't want to know me, so I don't know him. Yeah. But so anyway, I go off my mom's side and the Oglala Lakota side. So my mom's um, mom and dad are Paul Apple. And he's from originally from Kyle, South Dakota. And then uh, my grandma is Estella King uh, Apple. And then she is kind of like from Grass Creek. Yeah. yeah. You know, where Keys a Park, but you just keep going further out Uh, that way. uh So they she grew up out there. And then her mo- her dad and mom were right there in Manderson and Grass Creek and Mand and Wounded Knee area and inside there too, yeah. Fast Thunders and Kings. And that recording that that you chose to the intro right there that's that's your uh, that's your family there too, right? You said you're- yeah, that's my uh, my grandma Stella's brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Matthew King is the the lead singer, and then one of his collas, his name was Thomas Tyon, and. Um, Thomas's wife, I, I don't know her name, but uh-huh. Lakota name, they, on the recordings, it's uh, Pankeska. Mm-hmm. Pankeska, we in there from Oglala, and my grandpa Matt is from, um, he that's, had married and moved crazy. to Kyle. So. Yeah. And when do you think that was recorded, bro? About 1960, 19, 59, 1959, 1960, the old school reel to reels. And, and, and that was, what kind of song was that there? So it's kind of like a chief song. He says, Kolapila, uh, Dakuya, Kapi. Uh, so he's saying like all my friends are saying this that our chiefs um are no more so mm-hmm. i have to take courage and walk in a good way so yeah. it's it's like the meaning of that song i mean we might have chiefs today mm-hmm. yeah, you know yeah. ira and maybe there's some families but not like before yeah not yeah. like not like they were before where when one stands up he, he has a thousand followers you know yeah. all these camps he's respond it's just different today but i get the feeling because that song is old yeah you know but when there's no leaders, we have to become leaders. You have, you, have. you know, we have to strengthen ourselves. So I, I found strength through that song, through the lyrics, through the words, and plus, yeah, it's a big plus that it's it's Grandpa Matthew singing it. Man, you know, that's, yeah, that's that's blood right there. So, Dang but that, yeah, and that, then um, that's kind of sad. That's kind of that's kind of sad to me, bro. That song we we explain. I don't know. You know, is it to you kind of like. What they say that they had to be made like maybe what early nineteen hundreds or so maybe or I I, I believe probably, so probably after everything went down and all that huh yeah I don't know the history of a lot of our songs but I just try to like like just feel it mm-hmm. you know just yeah. feel it and go with it and and uh, think about what maybe they were thinking or what they yeah. were singing for back then yeah yeah like who were they singing those for yeah you because. Know, I'm pretty sure they those a lot of those songs they're they're been shared and sung yeah. within Teoshpais and families and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Yeah, so well with all my guests, you know, I just wanna take it back because you my my bro here is a he's a good singer, man. Like right when I the first time I heard him, I was like, damn, the bro could jam out, he could sing, you know what I mean? And um take take it back, bro. Like you're growing up, you know. You so you you're in Manderson and you're with your grandma most of the time, huh? She she did keep you close to the ways how did you come about singing and and learning and and doing things if you kind of 
go through that, you know. Well, um, I always say this like homoxila imacha rapiki unchina gakak chiwaoncha takomne hana lakoa gulakapcha homoxila hana lakotia nahumcha ampetugle jonala wakakni rap. So I was raised by grandma and grandpa, so when they went around, mm-hmm to visit their friends mm-hmm. the old grandmas and grandpas mm-hmm. they spoke lakota yeah yeah and i'm always there you know that's yeah. so i got to hear it a lot yeah, yeah and um and they used to make me speak lakota to them you know Man. so so i i grew up knowing a little bit and and maybe a little bit more than the next guy or something yeah, because yeah. i was fortunate you know to, yeah. to be around it and uh, my grandpa he was an announcer paul apple he was a announcer and i guess back in the 50s and maybe 60s i don't know where he stopped but yeah he yeah. did a lot of powwows a lot of powwow announcing his yeah. name was paul apple and so he was a little older when i was a baby but they would sit down and sing you know like um oliver red cloud mm-hmm. guy red cloud lyman big red um um some of the looks twices uh, yeah. leroy and Cedo, uh, Cedo Kildry, yeah. um, Theodore. I, just, I remember them. There's a good old group of singers from yeah. Anderson, and they would get yeah. jam sessions going. And they'd yeah. make. Do you ever hear Bruce? Remember Bruce Badmount? I, I haven't heard. Yeah, of he's an old uh, um, Crazy Horse drum singer. But he, um, me and him were kids, and we we're both uh-huh. Ishtatkhon. Yeah. They, used to, they used to set up the drum, they'd jam out, you know, yeah. and then yeah. those guys would be ja- dancing around, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> little bitty guys. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I didn't learn any songs or, you know, really sit at the drum or anything, but I was around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They would um always like to, after they set up, get done singing the drum, they'd always sing the, the love songs, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sing them round dance, rabbit dance, uh, weoshte songs. Man, that's... I always that's I always tell everybody man I wish I could have had that you know growing up too and and, and experiencing that because I mean even though I, I I did see a lot too and you know like I, I'm, man I constantly learning man the language for me is tough bro it's tough and and I don't have anybody to speak it to uh, often or, or even try or you know I mean as this or as that I get like when I talk to you I get songs and words here and there and I try to retain information but man. My brain's fried. <laughs> it's the, it's like that, man. It ain't just you, man. It's it's like that. Yeah. Like I, even right now, I sit there and I wish that I would have paid attention when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Man, why didn't I just pay attention? You know. Yeah, yeah. Because I missed out on a lot of stuff. But you know, you're just a kid. You know, yeah, all you yeah. want to do is go play. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're just playing around all the time, and and then then I always thought like I never thought I would like it would the culture would be as important as it is yeah you know yeah. i didn't think it was gonna be that important like speaking lakota i didn't think you know like i'd bring friends home seventh grade and we moved to rapid and and mm-hmm. my grandma would talk to me in lakota you know or clean yeah. up or yeah stay home or fix your bed or something and yeah they'd all laugh you know my mm-hmm. friends would laugh and yeah and uh, they'd say what'd she say what'd she say i was like no i don't i don't know <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And then later on, when I was, you know, older, like 18, 19, mm-hmm. and then I started to go to the, the, the ceremonial ways. Yeah. Dan was like, everybody spoke, or they wanted to all speak Lakota. Not everybody did, but they yeah. wanted to, you yeah. know, yeah. then it was important. 
But yeah. when I was younger, I was like, you know, not that big of a deal, you know. Yeah. Just yeah. sports, hang out with your friends. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's an, an, another another thing about my bro here is, man, he, he's been through a lot and did a lot and he's came back from it, you know, like um, – I guess you you know he's he's a motivational speaker and he's you know he kind of he he does a lot with the community and he could help he he understands certain things and been through certain things that that uh like a lot of youngsters might be going through now that he you know he could help with so um you you want to say a little bit something about that bro or you know what I mean like yeah I mean I don't I don't mind it's just so like at one point in my life I. I decided that all drinking, drugging, you know, all the the lessons that I learned around growing up, the lifestyle that I learned growing up was just getting me in trouble. Yeah, yeah. It was just messing me up, you know. It was like putting me in a, a bad mental state yeah. to where, you know, I didn't have any answers and drugs and alcohol was it. And then it got so bad to where even drugs and alcohol weren't taking, weren't solving my problems. Yeah, yeah. And so I went to um my culture yeah. you know it was just it was really weird you know just one day i got invited to a sweat and i so i went and yeah i found it man that was it that was the key that yeah. was the answer to to where i was at at that time to get out of it to yeah. move away from it uh -huh. and it, it's all just mental state man it's it's how you believe how you think about things how you view yourself and others so I had a low um, self-view of mm -hmm. myself. Like, yeah. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't worthy. Why am I here? Um, why is all, all of this bad stuff happening to me? Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. poor me, pity me. And But it was real. I didn't have nowhere to go and nowhere to turn. Yeah. So it was how I viewed myself. And that affected how I viewed other people. And and um I had bad trust issues, yeah. you know, uh, abandonment issues. I had different things going on in my life that I couldn't explain. Yeah. And I and I was reaching, reaching for something because I knew that I was at a crossroad because I was becoming an adult about then, 18 years old. Yeah, yeah. And I could really take a turn for the worst or, you know, I don't know what else I could do. So... I was really fortunate to to find my my culture because through prayer and belief and Lakota thought and philosophy, I was able to uh, doctor myself, yeah. you know, help myself, yeah. give myself a point of view to look through that doesn't include death and um, dysfunction and drinking yeah. and alcohol and fighting and hating and yeah, like, you know. So when you're in, whenever you Thinking from a prayer view, and you look through life through prayer, things are different, and it doesn't happen overnight. It didn't happen to me overnight. Like, so I'll share this story with you. Like, the first time I went to Sweat Sweat Lodge in uh, Inipi in our Lako, Lakota way, we call it Inipi to to have a life or Oinika to make that life. So I didn't know nothing. Mm -hmm. I was. You know, I didn't know anything about the ceremonies and the prayers and um, most of the the thing that I knew about our culture was just from watching from a distance, I guess, yeah, growing yep, up. Yep. But so when I first went in there, 
I, I was in a bad place, like really bad. Like I didn't know what to do, where to go. I couldn't look at people. I couldn't talk to people. Um, some of the things that I did in my life that, you know, I was, it was so ashamed of and so like guilty. Like mm-hmm. I knew I was a good guy. Like I knew Delaney's a good guy, man. Fuck. I love people. I care yeah, for yeah. people. I have siblings. I was raised by grandma, but how come I keep doing this stuff? Mm-hmm. And, and whenever I do it, bad things happen like really and i seen so many people die and pass away that i just figured you know maybe that's what was next for me so yeah so that's where i was coming from when i first went to the to the ceremony to the nipi mm-hmm. and then i get in there and then i hear these men saying uh words like um makakija so you know what makakija means it means i'm suffering yeah makakija you hear it in our songs right mm-hmm. Um, have pity on me. So, I've heard that word before, but it is called unshika. Like he's really unshika. Yeah. He's pitiful. Yeah. Like in a derogatory term, uh-huh. I've heard it used. So these guys were using it to describe themselves in mm-hmm. a humble way. Yeah. Like I'm pitiful. I'm suffering. Omakiyo. Yeah. And they were saying, "Help me." Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, why the why the hell? I need help. How yeah. come I can't get in there? And yeah, yeah. So where's my place at, man? Can I do this too? Can I sit in here and ask for help and be, and be pitiful and and be suffering and and uh, how do I do that, man? You yeah. know, in my mind, I didn't ask. I didn't say nothing, but I just I was watching. I was really paying attention, you yeah. know. Yeah. And I was listening to these guys, you know, praying their Lakota language and sing the songs and. And it attracted me mm-hmm. because that's what I was feeling inside at that mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. It was like I needed to reach out. And I was reaching out, but I didn't know what to grab onto. Yeah. You know, and what I was grabbing onto wasn't working for me. So this yeah. was something else, man. And it was it was like groundbreaking for me personally yeah. Yeah. because of the, the the spot I was in. So I kept going back, man. I went back again to see if that was what it was really doing. Yeah. I went back again, and sure enough, it was the same thing. But only thing, you know, they were praying for people. Mm-hmm. They were like, this person is going through this and this and this and this, and we're going to hear to help him. And every one of those people in there said it, a prayer for that person. Yeah. I'm like, damn, I need that, man. Yeah. I need that. I yeah. really need that. But I didn't want to say nothing. You know, yeah. I'm a kid. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just a kid, and, you know, I don't know about s- ceremonies and spirituality and culture and stuff like that you know so i just kept going back just mm-hmm. kept going back and back and back and then and then pretty soon i started to feel it man i yeah. felt it i could feel that that power that energy um the humbleness yeah. you know i was humble you know and just super humble and i think it took me probably almost a year before i had a, a breakthrough uh-huh. just being quiet just helping you know i just go just be quiet don't say nothing just help just do whatever i can and then what was my breakthrough was the sundance uh-huh. right it was the sundance and uh you fast for four days in our sundance and um you dance in the sun and you're supposed to be suffering and and for me the reason why i started the sundance was because my grandmother had a heart attack and mm-hmm. she didn't want to get help for it and so they gave her like six months to live and so those guys that i was going to inipi with they asked me 
I told, I asked them, is there anything I could do? And they said, you can Sundance and it, it'll help your grandma. Yeah. So that's how I got started in the Sundance. But whenever I got out there, um, I went to the tree. It was the fourth day and I went to the tree and then they pierce you to the tree. And when they pierced me, I felt something, man. It was, that's, that's what it was, was I felt. Mm-hmm. So when I danced back, I start crying. Like tears just was coming out. And yeah. I was crying and I didn't know why. I was like, why am I crying? I just felt that power, that energy. Yeah, I was yeah. at the safest place that I could ever be. Nobody's going to look at me and point the finger at me. Nobody's going to slap me. Nobody's going to uh, beat me up. Nobody's going to judge me. Yeah. Nobody's going to do anything to me. I'm in my safest place place and i start crying yeah and then i just ask myself why did this happen why did this happen why am i like this why did this happen i i didn't want to leave i just stayed out there all the rest of the day just cried because that's the first time that i could remember at that time being able to let go yeah. of a lot of those emotions yeah and i didn't know and comprehend mentally at that time all the things that i was going through yeah all i knew was i was hurting yeah. And it started to come out. So that was the breakthrough for me was, was at that point. And then it moved, you know, long story short, it moved on from there to where I got the strength to overcome those things in my life. But when I go home, mm-hmm. I see my bros, sisters, cousins, they're going through it still. Yeah, yeah. They're still there where yeah. I was just a year ago, two yeah. years ago. Yeah. So that's where me kind of like wanting to help them you know to see what i saw yeah so that's how i started to talk and go to schools and mm-hmm. um actually just in the, in the community with the bros you know yeah i would have sweat and i'd start taking them yeah. you know to where i was going or whatever i was doing yeah i would take them with me and wanted to introduce you know what i found because i found something yeah. you know that wasn't there in that hood before yeah, and I was able to go out there from my generation and my Okola Kiche and my family, and find it, and and it was real. We could. It's not some fairy tale that you know is far fetched, or it's not something that we have to read a book on or go to some class on or something. It's it's tangible. It's right there. Yeah. All we had to do is go there and and get it because yeah. it's, it's ours anyway yeah it's, it's, so that's what i that's how that started for me was you know i wanted to have my friends and family see what i saw yeah. i wanted them to have that breakthrough that i did because i know damn well they went through the same shit i did growing yeah. up yeah that's that is a uh, something that you know we're really fortunate to have being lakota you know what i mean is, is having that because if you think about it like I don't know, maybe like just say, uh, or you go to the doctor and you try to get diagnosed or something, they're going to throw you on pills, all your depression, this, this, and that. They're going to pump you up with all kinds of shit, you know, and then, but you go to our ways and you could just, you know, could just naturally heal yourself and stuff. But like, that's a, uh, like, man, to hear that, like, just to hear you talking about it, like the, the, the power of everything. Cause I, I've, I've, I felt that too myself. Um, city boy growing up too, you know, I, I, I grew up in, in, uh, Man, I, I guess I, you know what, I, I never, I, I, I never got too crazy, too crazy. I mean, I've been, 
locked up a couple times and stuff like that and did hung around some some shicha guys but I, I i i never got too crazy and i and even though like i do have traumas in my life like my sister getting shot and just you know, me just all that stuff like that and i always had this like i was so fascinated and so in love with our ways like the first time my mom brought me back and i could hear like i, I remember i heard like the first time i heard like uh like Manderson singers and and uh, what were they called? Wakia, were they? Uh, Chub Thunderhawk and them they had a Wakia, Wakia yeah. singers, right? Yep, them. I remember I heard them and I was like, oh my god! To me, that was like, I was like that. All I wanted to do is just be able to sit down there and sing with them. And then like when I met, when I first met you, you know, you and and Mayo uh, Miller and and uh, and uh, Jake Miller and all, all the Miller boys jamming out and stuff i was like man i thought i was you know i was in the presence of just superstars you know and uh and so so when when did you actually start picking up the drum and and uh like when, what attracted you and who who was maybe your inspirations to to do that well i think um when singing was my voice mm-hmm. like maybe not maybe actually like physically mm-hmm. but metaphorically also mm-hmm because I was so beat down and and distraught and confused and and in that condition when I was 18 19 I started to go to the Nipis and hear them and then at the Sundance hear them sing in and 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 then I started to sing in the Nipi mm-hmm. and cuz I couldn't talk to nobody I was like super messed up like just quiet yeah like just constantly thinking about things and trying to figure things out and not really know where my place was yeah. i didn't know who i was or where my place was so i was really uh quiet a lot and serious i was mm-hmm. really serious too so i um i was attracted to singing you yeah. know it because i could voice now i had a voice i could t- i could sing yeah, yeah and i got better and i learned songs i sat at home and just learned songs you know just yeah. on tape Back then it was tapes, you know, rewind, yeah, rewind, yeah, rewind, yeah. learn a word at a time and then figure it out and then sing and sing and sing and then sing louder and then sing louder mm-hmm. and louder. And I didn't need to sing that loud, but it was inside of me. Stuff yeah. stuff was coming out. Yeah. And that's how it started. And that was my attraction was it gave me a voice. Yeah. Singing gave me a voice and metaphorically it gave me identity and it gave me who i was again yeah i'm lakota you know i'm not i'm not a statistic i'm not a wino i'm not a druggie Mm -hmm. i'm not what everything everybody else thinks we are yeah i'm a lakota i'm a man and and uh so it gave me that through songs it helped me to understand that and gave me my voice and i just I don't know. I I just I love it. You know, singing is. Yeah. I might not sing as much today, but I still listen to the songs. Like, yeah. I understand Lakota, so what they say. Yeah. They the songs have meaning. Like everything has meaning, and some of the songs I I listen to, I I put Unchi in there because you know yeah. I might say Ate Ina or something. Yeah. But I throw Unchi in there because Grandma raised me. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, like make it specific you know yeah, to me yeah. or something so there's one that goes um i might mess it up but it says uh 
Tu elo secheko heyelo. Oh, how'd it go now? Shoot. Unche wanchalaya ima charing take yena. Hey, oh, honke sneke ha wawo ke ye mashi yelo. Hey, you ever hear that one? Uh-uh, I've heard it. it sounds yeah, familiar. So, so it says, Unchi, um, Wanchala imacha hinkta keina. I don't know who made the song, but so, Unchi, Wanchala imacha hinkta. It means I'm only going to grow up one time. And then, Keina, Keina is like, they said that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, So, I, since I'm referring to grandmas, like, Grandma told me I'm only going to grow up one time, and, and she always encouraged me to help those in need. Mm-hmm. So when I heard that, you know, back in the 90s or whatever, I resonated, you know. Yeah. That has, that has meaning, you know. That has that's that has a lot of meaning. Yeah. And so I, I, I like songs like that. There's yeah. a lot of them that we have that the meanings of them, it tells you how to be. Yep. How yep. how to think about things as a relative, as a Lakota. Um I don't know. I'm you know, I yeah, dig yeah. that. I yeah, dig yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's a that's a I've been telling everybody too, that's that's one of my main goals too, is to learn those older ones and then the meanings, but man, it's tough, man. And and I was just talking to uh the, the, our last guest and we were talking about how they're they're uh there's a lot of gatekeepers, you know what I mean? Like with the songs, like trying to like, like you, you're open book. Whenever I ask you for something or what's this mean or this is net, and he's always willing to help and stuff like that. But not everybody's like that, bro. No, not everybody's like that. Man. Even with the language or, hey, can you help me out with how to say this or say that? Man, it's it's tough. Not not everybody's like that, bro. So I appreciate you for that one, because man, you know, a long time ago somebody told me that too. One of my friends. Huh. He's like, you just go around willy-nilly, man, and you just, like, it's just how you are. You yeah, know? yeah. You just, like, you, you, I don't know. I don't know what he was trying to say, but I, I didn't, I didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah. But I think that, that, like, what you're saying, not everybody is like that. Yeah. You know, and some people, I don't know why, though, you yeah. know, because, we're all Lakotas. We're all in this. We all have the same and, struggle, man. Yeah, and I mean, and those songs, like I, I think about it a lot. I was like, man, I don't want those old ones to die. Those older songs, like we gotta, we gotta keep singing them and stuff. So, the more people that learn them, I mean, the longer they're gonna survive, you know. Because the way, I mean, things are now, you, you don't know who's. I don't know what what's gonna look like fifty years from now. You know, if there's gonna be anybody that even wants to sing. You know, or or I don't know, and then you start thinking about like all the older ones that really have a lot of knowledge and stuff like that. They're uh, they're um, they're not gonna be here forever. So yeah, they're passing away, huh? Yeah. So those uh, that's why I want to learn those those older ones and stuff like those. They, like my my like those Wachtegli songs are, are the ones that I'm trying to really pick up now. So um. Yeah, those are those are always good ones. There's so those even though there's some Oglala version ones, and then uh-huh. there's some Sichonghu and some Standing Rock, and yeah, they all got little versions, you know, uh-huh. of the same songs, but they're still Wakdegli songs. Yeah, they're just over the years they've been like I want know. I want to learn every one and then the meaning to every one and stuff like that. So, but man, that's tough to 
tough to come by and, and just you know what I mean like somebody I want to hang out with a lot too is Boo. Yeah, yeah, Bull's Man, a good resource. Cause he he's always uh he's always jamming those songs. So there's a there's a in our Lakota um, way there's there's what they call Ichilawa. Mm-hmm. Did you ever hear that Ichilawa? So Ichilawa is where somebody will sing for somebody specific, mm-hmm. like just real specific. It ain't a general song. It might be a general tune, mm-hmm. but they put words in there that are specific for that loved one yeah and um sometimes i like first time i I heard it was in ceremony Uh like a medicine man will sing his altar song his song yeah yeah and that's only for that that altar that ceremony that bundle Mm -hmm. for that Mm -hmm. specific and then later on i heard it where old grandmas and and female relatives would sing for their loved ones when they would go off to war mm-hmm. for a safe return and yeah. you know they would sing for you know their nephew yeah. their um son yeah or husband and sometimes like uh they would go out just by themselves somewhere not in a big show or with camp or nothing, but they would go out and they would sing mm-hmm. for their loved one. Or sometime, like, when I was a kid, we used to go with my grandma, and it'd be late at night, just for some reason, she'd pack me up and would head out and would go to a graveyard. Mm-hmm. And I was tripping, man. I'm like <laughs> yeah. five, six years old at a graveyard at nighttime. Yeah, yeah. And my grandma's out there singing, you know, hugging the grave. You know, fixing it up, and she'd start singing, and so I, I think that that's what would be called Ichilowa. She was singing for that person that passed away. So yeah. it's good because I knew now I know where our relatives lay. You know, yeah, and by being with my grandma when that happened, yeah, and I I understand how important it is too. You know, to to always know where our relatives are laying. Yeah, yeah. But so that's Ichilowa, and um. They do it today, you know. We mm-hmm. st- some of the older ones will still do it. Some of us that don't understand and can't fluently speak the Lakota language, mm-hmm. we might just throw what words we can in there, yeah. you know. Yeah. But more of the fluent ones, they have a way with the language, you know, where they can yeah. they can put the words in there, and the meaning is is deep, you know. Yeah. It's really deep. And yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm more I can kind of understand, but like. Not all the way. Yeah. Especially yeah. those those uh Wioshte loans that I post on uh-huh. on I can't make out what they're saying, nah, man. Nah. No. <laughs> I mean I can understand it, but it has a different meaning. Yeah. Like so, like one says, um um Tilaza Tahiha Hotrumpello and and you know it's, it's like what the owl is hooting behind the house? Yeah. What what does that have to do, you know? And <laughs> yeah. And then he's then they say you. I told you not to go, but you still are going. You know, so mm-hmm. I asked one of my uncles one time, "What is he? What does that mean?" And he's like, "There's a boy. There was a boy coming around the house looking for her daughter." Oh, uh, no. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He hung a whole trumpy behind the house. You know, so I was like, "Oh, see, so those those songs, they say something, but there's a meaning and yeah, a story behind it. Yeah, too, right? yeah." yeah. And, and it's it's up to us. And if I didn't have uncle, I would just still today think that there's an owl howling behind the house. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, bro, man, that's that man. Those are some of those songs are. I think I, I can't remember who was telling me. I, I think one of those Eagle Mountain Boys telling me some uh, song about. They're talking about their mom or something, or, or somebody saying that she has bugs or something like that in one of the songs or something like that. Some old old school that's, song. That's a hand game song. Is yeah, it? yeah. Oh uh, yes, I, can, I I don't know how it goes. Or but helpuza. Your grandma's lousy. Oh, gee, man. And that's probably, a, is that an old one, too? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, bro. And then you, you came a, along some recordings, too, right? You Somehow? Yeah, so it was about maybe, I think it's probably about four years ago now. Um, I don't know. I just, you know, I get laid off. I work construction like you, but. Yeah. Do you get laid off? Or yeah. do you work year round? Every now and then, it'll get slow. Yeah, like so that. so asphalt businesses. So I'm a, I'm an asphalt paving foreman for listeners. Um, I've been doing that for 15 years, and so when the weather here in Rapid City, South Dakota, gets cold, they lay us off. I stay home. So with my phone, I'll sit there and just scroll, and then I found this one site where I had a picture of my grandma's mom and dad. So uh-huh. my grandma Stella. Her mom and dad. Her mom and dad used to be uh, Jeff Jefferson King. He went by Yellow Shirt was his original name, mm-hmm. Oglazy. And anyway, he met his wife Stella Fast Thunder at the um, what do they call it Wild West mm-hmm. um, shows. Uh-huh. So Buffalo Bill Cody he used to put on um, Wild West shows for America, I guess, and uh-huh. Europe even. Yeah. And come back here, and he had hire natives um, from Lakota land to, and that some back then some of them that's the only way they could leave the res too. Yeah, yeah. And he even actually got some that were persecuted and about to go to prison. Uh-huh. He said, "You guys come perform for me." He worked it out somehow with the government or something. If they came with him to go perform, they would, you know, commute their sentence or some something like that. Oh, I don't she, know. So he was a good guy. Yeah. I guess he paid them. They got paid, and they got yeah. to be Indian anyway. You yeah. know, because on the res you can't anymore. In the eighteen seventies, eighteen eighties, eighteen nineties, you you know you dress like a white guy and dress in clothes that they give you. I guess Gee. and eat whatever food they give you. But anyway, so they can go off and they, they do performances. And so my grandparent, great grandparents met, um, on those those performances. Yeah. And I totally blinked out where I was going with this. What was we talking about now? <laughs> <laughs> I need more coffee. Hold up. I'm all in your story, too. Man. I just think about Wild Bill and all that. Yeah, I just keep going. So anyway, I found their pictures on the yeah. site. Yeah, and, yeah, there and, you go. Yeah, we, and then I was looking and um, found uh, more pictures. You know, uh-huh. from that from that era, and I recognize them because those pictures are on my grandma's wall. Uh-huh. So I know who they are. Yeah. And then I, uh, one time, my grandma even took me to Sioux Museum because her dad's picture was on the wall. Uh-huh. You know, so I knew. Um, so that's what started it, man. It started me off looking at old pictures, and then I started to get better at it. Yeah. I started to find archives, digital archives. Uh-huh. So a lot of these Marquette, um, Indiana. Uh, Denver, um, even SDS, whatever, South Dakota State Historical Society. Um, there's different places that have 
digital archives now mm-hmm. and so the pictures that they have they're starting to upload them so the public can see mm-hmm. and so i've learned a little bit i'm not good but i learned how to navigate some of those sites mm-hmm. and and uh, find relative pictures of relatives of yeah. ancestors you know my great grandparents and then my great great grandparents um find interviews that they did and that just led to one thing to one thing to one thing then um I I googled my grandpa's name Paul Apple, uh-huh. and here uh, a hit came up on Google and it said that his recording is at OLC Archives. So I called down there and they said, "Yeah, yeah, we got yeah yeah you got got your grandpa um, on a recording down here and my grandma." So so that started it off, man. I went down yeah. there talked to Tawa Dushno and. She got me hooked up with it was a James Emery recording. Yeah. And everything led to another thing here. I I So anyway, I I prayed about it actually. One uh-huh. night late at night I prayed. I was thinking, man, Tunkash, help me find my ancestors, help me find these pictures. I know yeah. what are out there. Help me find uh recordings. Yeah. You know, I'm you know, I did what I know how to do and ask for help, you know. Yeah, yeah. And just it's now it's like today i got more than i could ever think that i could ever have yeah you know i could trace pictures digitally back a lot and i have a lot of old songs i i could i heard my grandpa again Uh uh, announcing Uh i got a recording of him announcing um his drum group their drum group the manderson drum group Uh singing you know so a lot of my relatives i got recordings of them from back in the day they're all real to reals i mean i'm thankful i'm thankful that they thought ahead to record i don't know what they were going through at that time yeah but they recorded yeah and one of my my mom said that my grandpa used to carry a real to real around with him all the time uh-huh. he'd record powwows that he announced that um um same as uh my auntie said that grandpa matthew did did too you know yeah I got all my Grandpa Matthews, a lot of them, his recordings. Yeah. There's like 95 hours worth of recordings. Yeah. Just in his. And so there's a lot of recordings, man. Yeah. And and I only look for like um, my relatives just because that's why I did this. Yeah, yeah. You know, like my blood relatives. I want to find them. I want to hear my grandma's talk again. I want to hear their voice. Yeah. You know, to me, that's important. Yeah, she, some people she are too, like, huh? like I don't want, you know, don't record this, don't record that. Yeah. But if they didn't record, I wouldn't be able to hear their voice. And, yeah. you know, that's nostalgic to me and it's it connects me to them again. Yeah. yeah and, then, and then I think I, you told me one time that you were just listening to conversations, right? Of their, of just, was it your grandparents or was it just the the people down wherever in Manderson. Yeah, there's there's some there's just them talking. Or? There's one where just kids are crying in the background, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, but I know who they are, you know, because uh-huh. they, they say their names. Be quiet, Josie. Be quiet, somebody. And now they're like 80 years old, 70s, oh, you know. Man, but they were little kids back then or yeah. young, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, so I'm, and then when I find something or somebody shares with me, mm-hmm. to me, it... It hits me differently, so mm-hmm. like I want to share it with people. Yeah, but not everybody 
really gives a shit, man. Not people aren't really into history or culture or history as I am. Yeah. And I want them to be. Yeah. You know? I want them to be able to find their relatives and hear their voice and yeah. um, look on the digital archive and find one of their relatives yeah. and see them, see what they look like. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I wish I could hear, like, I never, uh, like, my grandma Viola, Viola Cooney and, and uh, Samuel Harrybird and and all them. Like, I, I don't know if they would ever, I, I don't know they were really, because my, my grandpa, he was in the army base out there in uh, Igloo. You ever hear Igloo, South Dakota? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he was out there. And stuff, so, but I don't know if there's any, that's something I really need to do, too, because, man, I, like, uh, it's tough, bro, it's tough, because, uh, um, like, to even know, like, because there, there's a, like, uh, can you explain it to me, the White Lands, the, is that, that that's Tilshboy, right, that's like, what is that exactly, if you don't mind? Um, I got a grandpa, so my grandpa Paul. Mm-hmm. His grandpa, his mom was Susie White Lance. Susie White Lance's dad was uh, Daniel White Lance. But when he was younger, he went by um, uh, Wahuke is a ska. Uh-huh. Of course, they're all Lakota names, you know, uh-huh. so, yep. so which means White Lance. And then after Wundini, he got a Lakota name, Zuya. And so yeah, Grandpa White Lance, that's that's where I, I come from. But he also comes from Machbiahetru, mm-hmm. which means horn cloud. Mm-hmm. Um and so their whole family came with Bigfoot and they went down they were ended up in Wounded Knee and uh-huh. a lot of the family got killed. Um, Daniel White Lance's mom and dad, uh two brothers and a sister in law and a niece. They all got killed there. Um, Daniel White Lance and uh, Dewey Beard. You mm-hmm. ever hear of Dewey Beard? Wasumaza, Frank, and Joseph, and one little brother. They are little sister, Alice. Mm-hmm. Alice uh, Horncloud, she married a white wolf, and they survived. So there was like five of them that survived, and they lost a lot of them. But so they threw their parents and all their family in a big grave down the wounded knee. Jesus. So they didn't want to go back home to, they were from, um, um, around Bridger, Bridger, mm-hmm. um, probably go back that way towards Eagle Butte a little bit, but uh-huh. just right down in that area, that's where they were at. That's where they were, uh, their, their homes were. So they came with, uh, spotted out when they came down to uh-huh. wounded knee. But they didn't want to go back. They wanted to stay down in Wounded Knee. And it's weird, too, because this is like, you know, it's coming up here. Um, the Wounded Knee ride. We have the ride. Yeah. And shit, my my Facebook posts, like, because this time of year, I always research stuff about yeah. it. Yeah. And I always post stuff. So the Facebook memories are coming up. Mm-hmm. Like, so I found interviews um, done by... Um, Joseph Horncloud. Mm-hmm. So there was three brothers, Joseph Horncloud, Dewey Beard, and White Lance. And Dewey Beard and White Lance never learned to speak English, mm-hmm. only Lakota. But Joe Horncloud, you know Wendell Yellowbull? Yeah, yeah. That's where he's from. And then um, Joe Horncloud's son is William Horncloud, the mm-hmm. one that sings, the, the well-known singer from mm-hmm. back then. Yep, yeah. That was his dad. And so... They all stayed because they didn't want to leave their 
from what I understand, they didn't want to leave their parents laying in the ground right there. Hey. You know, so they stayed there. They married up down here on the res, and they made a home down here in Kyle and yeah. down around uh, North Route area. But yeah, there's a lot of stories that I'm finding about that. It just actually so, just yesterday I got a, a interview from my auntie mm-hmm. who got it from a man named Mike Cremini Horses who got it from South Dakota State Historical Society, which is weird where I'm going tomorrow for training. Hey. So I'm gonna call him, man. I'm yeah. gonna say find that so that the it's a Xerox copy, but it's four pages long. Mm-hmm. And they're those long pages. Uh-huh. It's my grandpa White Lance's um, testimony about what happened at Wounded Knee. And it's kind of like a, it starts off with a biography because I could read a little bit of it, but uh-huh. it's Xerox, so it's hard. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I'm getting still, we're still finding family stuff, you know, yeah, that, that tells yeah. the history of our family and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's getting pretty good, man. About this time of year, I always start thinking about things, about history. And I think it's good. I mean, some people say, I know there's an argument about people that say, um, you know, let the spirits go, let let the spirits rest. Um, especially right now, there's kind of an argument or a debate about stopping the the Bigfoot ride and not having it anymore. And um, but you know what? Um, I get something. I get it from that ride. Like I get the healing. Yeah. I get the grief. I yeah. get the the self motivation. So, like, I'll, I try to tell this story to some people when they ask. So, How, my how per- many years have you been doing it, bro? Probably about 15, maybe. And how long has it been going on? Since 1986. Yeah. So, it started in 1986, and they went to 1986, 87, 88, 89. And then they had a Wopula year, 90. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then after that, it changed from the Sitranka Wokiksuye to... Um, what is it? Omaka Tokatakia ride. So it could keep going because mm-hmm. that vision or that dream to do it was four years. Mm-hmm. And then they went on and did a Wopula ride, mm-hmm. which over like three, four hundred riders participated. So all the youth wanted to keep it going. That young generation that rode those four years, yeah. they wanted to keep it going. So some elders told them, change the name and then keep it going. Mm-hmm. And I came on just a couple of years after that because mm-hmm. I didn't know about it and I was still chlete, but I mean, <laughs> I rode, you know, <laughs> I, I just, I heard it on Keeley. I was uh-huh. probably about 21, maybe 20, 21. Uh-huh. I was listening to Keeley and I heard about it. And I mean, I always knew about it, but I didn't never really knew about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just knew it was going on. And uh, so Keeley kind of gave, they gave, gave it out. A breakdown of where to meet and what's going on and so i just jumped in my little geo metro and got, got a bedroll and just headed up there to bridger yeah, yeah. And i didn't know what to expect or i didn't know anybody i didn't have any contacts there's no cell phones so back from, then you guys right from bridger to wounded knee yeah yeah holy uh, they actually um ride from i think it's a uh, little eagle on uh-huh. they start on the 15th the 15th of December, and they start riding, and they ride to Bridger. Mm-hmm. And then some of the the descendants and relatives that stayed down here, uh-huh. we go up there and uh-huh. meet them there, the the Hunk Papas, 
Uh-huh. And then we ride on back down to Wounded Knee. Because originally, if, if you, for some of you that don't know the history out there, it started when Sitting Bull was killed. Mm-hmm. Sitting Bull got killed in, in Standing Rock. And a lot of his family fleeing for their life took off down to where the Minikoju were camped down by, today it's called Bridger, mm-hmm. Cherry Creek area. They, a lot of them had relatives from there. And because when Crazy Horse was killed, there's a lot of history here. But <laughs> when Crazy know, Horse was killed, they all took off to Canada uh-huh. for sanctuary to, to hide out because a lot of them didn't want to go to prison or be persecuted or even killed, assassinated. So a lot mm-hmm. of them, because they fought at when uh, they killed people at Little Bighorn. And so a lot of them were feared for their life, you know. And yeah. So anyway, when Crazy Horse was killed, they all went to Canada and mm-hmm. they stayed up there for three years with Sitting Bull. So the Hunk Papas and the Mini Kojus and, and a lot of Ogallalas, they became close mm-hmm. for three years. Yeah. And also being uh, on the run and fighting with mm-hmm. the, before that. Yeah. So whenever they came back and Sitting Bull got killed in 1890, those Hunkpapa relatives came down to find their relatives in Minikoji land. And so mm. that's where we go back. So uh, Sitranka, they call him Bigfoot, is a derogatory. His name was Umphangleshka, or Spotted Out. Mm-hmm. That's where his band was. And then Hump was there. And a lot of those uh, relatives ran to Hump. And then Bigfoot ended up, uh, there's like like a lot of people, a lot of uh, people were telling them that the cavalry's coming. Cavalry's mm-hmm. coming for, for you guys. They're going to kill you guys. Uh-huh. So Bigfoot got, you know, kind of scared and and wanted to head out. And thought He wanted to stay, but his people said, let's go, let's go, let's go. So finally he just, he went with it and said, well, let's go then. And, um, just, and then some of the relatives that, Hunk Papas that were there, they broke away. Mm-hmm. Cause there were a lot of them there mm-hmm. at Hump's camp, and, but only a, a handful of them broke away, mm-hmm. wanted to run because they were scared. They were really scared. And plus, they were probably close relatives with some of those people in uh, Spotted Elk's band. Mm-hmm. And then that's when they took off down. They took that trail all the way down there from Bridger all the way down to Wounded Knee. But they were actually... Um, so my grandpa White Lance was a scout. Mm-hmm. He was he was he was young. He but he was a scout. Mm-hmm. Him and Dewey Beard were scouts for, for the camp. Mm-hmm. And so, when they got away, they took off. They were actually caught. Uh, I don't remember what the regiment was called, but they caught them, at Bridger before they even left, and they were instructed to march them to Sturgis Fort Meade. There's mm-hmm. a fort there, so they were gonna start going that way. And in the middle of the night, they escaped. They all took off. They mm-hmm. they like. I can't remember. I read it somewhere, um, but they took off. They got away. They mm-hmm. took off, heading back down towards um, Red Cloud Agency, mm-hmm. and some didn't quite get away yet. But they got away. and They got stragglers. You know, they got separated. Some yeah. of the hunk papas and the manikojas got got separated from the the main getaway band or whatever. Uh, yeah. So my grandpa White Lance and Dewey Beard uh, Wasumoza, they went back. They were instructed to go back and get those guys. So they rode back and then uh, intercepted that group that it was on the run mm-hmm. and then caught back up by the time they reached Bigfoot Pass. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they knew the land. They knew the trails, hunting trails. They knew everything because mm-hmm. there were cavalry chasing them. 
up there mm-hmm. from the, coming this way. Mm-hmm. So they were able to get back there and get that family and bring them back to the main ba- band uh, mm-hmm. um, caravan of people. Mm-hmm. And then I, actually, I, one one thing that I I heard too is at one point when they reached Bigfoot Pass, they could have went this way and went to the stronghold because that stronghold were relatives were ghost dancing and. Um, they weren't happy with the way they were being treated on the res. Uh-huh. They were starving them. That's why a lot of the ghost dance was going on because they were be- hungry. They were starving. Mm-hmm. And they were being killed, actually, too. There's a lot of just bad things that was happening to our people back then. And so they started ghost dancing and uprising. You know, they were maybe yeah. hunting and protecting themselves out yeah. there. So big, big, Umpongleshka uh, could have went that way on this trail and met up with them. Mm-hmm. Or they, you know, they eventually went the way that that they ended up going. Mm-hmm. And I think um, they knew they would be caught. They knew that they would be caught because there was a lot of 7th Cavalry was, was there. They, they had scouts going out looking, mm-hmm. knowing what was going on. Yeah. They actually sent scouts to Red Cloud to tell them that they were coming. Mm-hmm. You know, and they came back and they said, there's cavalry everywhere. If we go this way, you know, we yeah. might not make it. Yeah. But if we go this way, we can meet up with, um, you know, the the camp at the stronghold. Yeah. But Umpangleshka is kind of known for, I think, um, being a mediator mm-hmm. and a peaceful, peaceful man. Yeah. And he, he kind of believed that, you know, if, if he kept going, things would probably be okay. Yeah. So they ended up making the decision to keep going, knowing that they would get caught. And then at Porcupine Butte, where the Keeley's at, yeah. probably around in that area behind there, uh-huh. is, is is where they they ca- caught up with them, and they actually ran into them. The Umpangleshka's band, uh, yeah. was, they ran into the cavalry, and then got escorted to Wounded Knee, and then that's where that, you know, tragedy happened, the murder, and my family was all there. My my grandpa's family, um, White Lance and mm-hmm. Horn Cloud and. There's a lot of relatives that were there. Um, and there's still a lot back home, you know, that are still there. Yeah. We're descendants of uh, survivors that stayed down there. A lot of them uh, went back home up to Shine River, but a mm. lot of them stayed stayed down there too. So we're there. There's Damn. a lot of us, a lot of relatives that are descendants from wounded knee survivors. Man, that's... That's some history right there, right? It's there's more, man. There's red, there's red, there's, there's more. Like I got I, cause I read I read the and um, Grandpa Dewey Beard. Uh huh. He has a I think it's about a half hour recording that I have mm-hmm. of him talking, telling in Lakota everything that he happened. You know, he told, so I could hear his voice. Uh-huh. And he even sings a song that he sang at the at the massacre when he got done. And and did you, and he did he pretty much say what you just told me? Yeah, That's yeah, it. yeah. And then Joseph Horncloud, the brother, um, he was real instrumental in in interpreting for White Lance and for um, Dewey Beard and on the Washichu side because they got interviewed Washichus too. And uh-huh. uh, I I don't know who, I think James Emery was the one that interviewed Dewey Beard. Uh-huh. Recorded him telling the story, mm-hmm. so I got that. I'm happy, real thankful. I thought I'd never hear that man because I heard it was in the Smithsonian. 
and you can't get recordings from there. You know, you can go there and listen, but you can't like get copies and stuff. But really? James James Emery did it. Yeah, he got a recording. So there's two actually two recordings of Dewey Bear telling his story of wounded knee. Man. Um, his voice, you know, recordings. Yeah, yeah. But there's others uh, where he wrote, or he people mm-hmm. asked him questions, and he wrote, and they wrote down. He yeah. told them what happened, and they wrote it down. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of stories out there. There's man. more, man. There's, yeah. If you yeah. just keep digging and you yeah. keep looking, you gotta you gotta come because we won't have enough time to go over everything, bro. But yeah. Because like, you'd have to come out here a couple of times, and a lot of people was wanna hear you too. And a uh, uh, shout out to Troy Braveheart. He he's he's a uh, <laughs> he's looking for this one too. So. Yeah, cowboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, man, man, but <laughs> so you you most of the time you grew up here in Rapid, though. Yeah, we moved up here when I was probably about nine. Uh-huh. Yeah, we moved up here. And just been up here since, man. I like, yeah. I don't know. I just like the Black Hills. Yeah, yeah. People say it's racist and stuff like that. I mean, and you know there is. There's there's yeah. that everywhere though. Well, me, like, me, me, and you, like you're, you're a construction worker. I'm a construction worker, so all we work around is nothing but Washitu. So, yeah, you, you know what? I was. I think it's like. Uh, I think there's just a broken relationship between the two, and a lot, a lot of these these Washitu guys, because you work with them too, they're pretty cool. But yeah. you could tell they're standoffish. Yeah. So I, what I do all the time is I just uh, I'm polite, bro. I'm polite, and and I and I you know what I mean I'm I'm uh, confident in what I'm saying. And at, once I do that, then you, it's usually pretty good, you know what I mean? But I could tell that they, like even the people in my office, like they kind of, like, uh, in my it, the office I was at before, they remember I told you they they say uh, they carry they carry guns every time they go down the Pine Ridge. I was like, I was like, for what, man? Is they? Nobody's going to do nothing to you down there. You know what I mean? But, I mean, you got those guys and stuff like that. But um, I think it could be, do you think it could, like, ever be cool between? Yeah, I think it could with a lot of them. Yeah. A lot of them, there's always going to be that uh, difference in culture, uh, though, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and people just got to let other people be themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and... Not just Washichus, but like natives too. Yeah, you know we're really judgmental. Yeah, like yeah. like if somebody goes to church and you're traditional, I hear that argument. Or if somebody goes to church and grew up Christian, mm-hmm. these guys who go to Sundance and ceremony, they're, you know, there's that debate. There's yeah. always yeah, like we're we're full of hate and and judge <laughs> judgmental, you know, people. Yeah, so it's yeah. not just. You know, uh, white people. It's it's our own. Yeah. You know, I I experienced uh, racism growing up yeah. on the res. Uh Green eyed bastard, little yeah. white man. You know yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. And then when I come to Rapid, I mean, then you're dirty little Indian man. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's like both worlds. Worlds. I mean, I see it, and I know how people are, and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. But you can't change people. They have to change on their own. Yeah. You know? And yeah. Well, like, uh, what pisses me off is, like, what I t- like is when when they, like, so when you're in the city, you don't really say color or anything. You just, like, if somebody's ghetto, they're just a a, get, a ghetto motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just like this ghetto ass, 
this ghetto dude or whatever, like I don't ever say this black guy or this or this this damn Mexican or it's just like he made this ghetto dude. Like this this ghetto but out here it's like it's not a ghetto dude, it's just like the them natives. Like, no, man, like they're just Cause there's some ghetto natives out there. I just call them ghetto ass people. I don't. Yeah. There's some ghetto uh, white people out here. I don't call them ghetto white people. I just call them ghetto people. So that's a. Uh, I don't know. They, when they stick that natives in there, that's when it bugs me. I'm like, hey man, it's. You guys- I I love the Black Hills though, man. Yeah. Shit, I don't I don't know. I I tried to live back on the res one time, but I think unless you got some land and mm-hmm. you know out out in the country somewhere. Yeah. That'd be, it, that'd be ideal. Well, there's there's no for for me like I I I'd love to be around like Oglala's all the time and stuff, but there's no uh there's no opportunity in Pine Ridge, and I need to eat, you know. So yeah, that's why I'm always and and I do that's what I I do uh appreciate my mom and and dad for raising me in in California because um I had to hustle and learn how to pick up some type of trade, you know and and uh and work and you know the construction will feed you good especially if you're not a book person or a college person that you know you don't want to go to get some type of degree and then end up making nothing you know it's a we, the trades are that's what i always tell like if if like most of the guys that are in high school now that don't really take to the books or studying and stuff like that they're probably hands-on workers and probably could be really really good uh tradesman you know what i mean doing what you do doing electrical work like me and stuff like that so but you gotta the other thing too is like you gotta be you gotta have some leather skin to do it too though right because <laughs> the, 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 like i i kind of re- realized like when i first moved up here i was i was a little guy but i realized that i don't have all the relatives all the cousins anymore uh-huh even though they terrorized me or whatever uh-huh. there's my cousins yeah you know they got my back if anything really happened they uh-huh. protect me. Yeah. So when I was up here, all my cousins and aunties and uncles, they're all back down the res. Uh-huh. So it was kind of like I was alone up here. Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't have that backing like like you, you're comfortable with, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it was like, it was different. And I didn't like it at first. And then, you know, I just kind of like got used to it. Started to stay busy. There's, they had boxing teams up here. I know mm. Madison had a good boxing team too. Yeah. But we had a good boxing team up here, yeah. a couple of them, and that really kept me busy. And then I ended up moving to the north side right away, like in seventh grade. Yeah. And then there's all natives there, so yeah. it's like, you yeah. know, back home. So yeah. Yeah. we get a lot of friends and, you know, a lot of a lot of family and yeah. got to meet a lot of people and that have been lifelong friends. And yeah. We're all older now, though. Yeah. Got kids and families and stuff, but. I don't know. I just, I like it up here. Uh, the thing about the res too, like as I got older, I realized that the culture is back there. Yeah. All the speed, a lot of the speakers, Lakota speakers yeah. back there. Um, the ceremonies going yeah, that, on all the time. That's, you know, that's, that's, I'm so torn with that, bro. Cause like, I know if I go back to California, like, uh, man, I'll really like become successful. Like with what I'm doing, I probably open my own company you know what I mean? Uh, enter a different tax bracket or something, you know. But but what I will sacrifice is being away from all of this, you know. Being away from people like you, people on the res that, you know, like I could go to a sweat. You know, they're sweating up there right now. I could just, you know, yeah. all, all of it's 
and it's so it's 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 like I'm so torn because like it's either you I leave it and I and I push forward and and try to uh you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? It's yeah. it's it's tough, man. So I like to, like to choose like my career and 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 uh and all that over like the culture. It's, it is. That's it, what it is, though. It, it is. It, it is, man. It's like, oh, man, it's, it's tough. It's unfair, man. I, I wish unless, you, unless you're as driven, you know, and and dedicated mm -hmm. to those things, mm -hmm. to be able to create a circle of people, mm -hmm. you know, that you can do those things with while mm -hmm. you're out there. Yeah. Which is kind of real hard because people man. have a different mentality. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's good, but yeah. still, it's not like back home. You yeah. know, back home is the struggle, and the strength comes from that struggle, mm -hmm. and and that strength shows in that, yeah. the way people carry themselves. Yeah, and that's from that's what we have back home. Yeah, know? and a lot of us up here, we're holding it down too. Mm -hmm. You know, we carry that from what our grandparents and uncles and aunties taught us. Yeah, and we're still in the city. And yeah, we're still making it work. We come together. So, like, even if you. You go out there, you'll end up with some Dakotas, some Lakotas, you know. You'll yeah. meet them. You know who they are. Yeah, yeah. And you guys will come together. Yeah. And that's just the bond that you guys share, you know. Yeah. And that's what I saw up here, too, is like, you know, it, it's just the commonalities that we have. Yeah. That, that you know, we, we're going to we're gonna congregate together yeah. some, some way or another. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, bro. Then, you know what I, I, I want I want to ask you, I never got to ask you, bro, um, is... uh. Before you, you have your smoke break. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, um, so, uh, what, what was it, a couple of years ago? You, you were really working with the community a lot, and you had that uh, that hor the horse camp out there in uh, where was it? Lakota the, Homes. Was that in Lakota? Yeah. Oh yeah, Lakota. Yeah, Lakota Homes. I had one at the ABCs. Yeah, at the ABCs, and then one and then one in Lakota Homes. Yeah. Like what? What? What is the significant what what is what is behind that what what was uh is that like a older ceremony that you brought back or or not not me i didn't bring it back uh -huh. i just created the space for, uh -huh. for stuff to happen uh-huh so there was some young men that got shot yeah and they got killed and um we were doing singing yeah what they call it vigils candlelight vigils yeah when we was, yeah i was with you at a couple of them and that that's that's what got me thinking man well, why do we have to come here i don't want to be singing for these guys when they're dead yeah let's do something while they're alive yeah you know, let's just in this community let's do something yeah you know people like you can't do that there you, you know because I, I i had an idea let's put up a teepee yeah uh, several teepees if we had them let's yeah. do it right there in the community where everybody can see and everybody can be a part of it yeah. and let's light a fire you know how fire is the strength, the power, yeah. the energy that comes from the fire. It's yeah. like the truth, you know. Yeah. When you get around the fire, you start your mind starts to think. You you you. I don't know how to explain it. You know, it's just like the fire does something to you. It's it's magic, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It starts to make you think about things and re reminisce, and um, so we have to have the fire, and then uh, what else? The the culture. Let's mm -hmm. bring the horses. Horses. Yeah our therapy yeah horses are therapy for us whether you know it or not whether you like it or not you get on the back of a horse you you touch a horse you come in contact with a horse you're gonna absorb that energy yeah and it's gonna help you make through 
make it through some of the things you're going through too. Yeah. So those are the ideas that I had, and that that's what I wanted to um, create up there. Mm-hmm. People was like, "You can't do that," you know, and I was like, "Well, I'm, I'm gonna do it, man." Yeah, you yeah. Know? You so I it, tried man. it, man, and then did it. It worked, and it came out the way exactly the way I th- I thought it was gonna work out. You yeah. Know? Even better, you know. And they said that during those four days, and it wasn't just a one day thing. Mm-hmm. It was four days, man. Yeah, we yeah. Ca- we was up there yeah. for four days, and um, we set up the drum. We kept the fire. Never went out for four days. No one got shot. No one got killed. Um, cops didn't even get called to that community for four days. Yeah, there was no calls. That's what the, the cops told us, and that's the first time that that's they remember that's ever happened. So yeah. that was kind of like, uh, um, so the teepees were kind of like, and it was kind of like a try it out, you know, because I've been working construction, you know, and yeah, and just. From a distance, I always I see what's going on and I'd be like, man, I want to do this, I want to do that, I yeah. would do this, I would do that if I if I was in the doing yeah. community work. Yeah, these are the things that I would bring to the table. Yeah, uh, and these are the things that help me in my life, like personally. Yeah, the shit that I went through, these these are the things that I want to bring to the community that help me. Yeah, and so those are the things that I tried to provide or make a space for to happen. Yeah, and uh, it was. Um, like uh symbolism mm-hmm. the, the teepees were symbolism of home of family mm-hmm. and kind of like uh i prayed about it you know i went and offered tobacco chanupa mm-hmm. to safety for the horses and for the the kids that are there and you know i asked for guidance and stuff and so what i see is our relatives are killing each other yeah these you know murders and um we're hurting each other you know natives on native crime yeah and that's what i saw and that's what i've always seen Mm -hmm. you know and so to address that you know let's let's do something different let's Mm -hmm. quit quit singing for them so the the teepee real symbolizes family and uh relationships Mm -hmm. right so so how do we do that these young guys are related to each other this young guy that's beating this guy up down the road about two, three, four generations back, they're relatives. Their mm-hmm. trees connect. Yeah. They don't know that. They think because they grew up on this side of town and this guy grew up on this side of town, they don't know each other. Yeah. They, you know, they're not related. They don't know that. Yeah. But when they go to, when someone gets killed and they go back home to the wake and funeral and stuff, that's when you see all your relatives. Yeah. And you find out you're related. So I wanted to just kind of like uh, express that we're all related in some way or another. We're connected to each other. Yeah. And to stop fighting each other, stop yeah. hurting each other. You know, yeah. we got enough problems with poverty, yeah, oppression, um, drugs, yeah, big things, drugs, meth. Yeah. Meth is really bad right now, messing everybody up. Now there's fentanyl. I think I hope heroin don't come. I don't know if it, maybe it is here. I don't know, but. So I wanted to put put those up for four days and let's go do that, man. Yeah. We had a lot of support. A lot of people came out. It turned out really good, man. One guy came up early in the morning, and I know he was either on meth or he was coming off of it. Mm-hmm. But he just came up and stood by the fire, and he said, can I talk to you? So I said, let's go in the teepee. So we had those teepees there. Nobody 
stayed in them, you know, they were, like I said, symbolic that first time. Yeah. And he started crying, man. He's a grown man, you know, old guy. He's crying. He's like, I can't be doing this mess no more. You know, man. I can't do it no more. I got grandkids, you know, I got to take care of their, my kids. Are, my, my, their parents are in jail. And so, you know, we prayed. Yeah. We prayed and we, we steamed him off and fanned him off and let him throw some tobacco on that on that fire and make his offerings and make his prayers. Yeah. And then we had like a little tree. Remember those trees that were there? Yeah. And people was tying their flags on there and stuff. Man. It was like this little spiritual gathering, you know, and it turned out really good. And then we did another one in Lakota Homes, and that was the real deal. Yeah. Like that was uh, a functioning camp, man. Yeah. So we had kids there. We had about 20, 20 kids that stayed in them. Youth from 11 to 17, 18, uh -huh. staying in those teepees. And we did it again, four days. And uh, Uncle Percy and uh, Christian and um, some other, yeah, I think those two, they brought horses. Yeah. Chris brought like five or six and some riders from uh, Fort Thompson, Lorbrook. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Percy brought like 20 horses. Yeah. And uh, Jake Little, they are a, uh, yellow horse they mm. brought you know some some we planned it man we yeah so how i did it was um i had pre-plannings about mm. it like because i'm not a 501c3 i'm not a i don't have a organization or nothing like that i'm yeah. just the community member so i had to hustle money you know i had to learn how to write up do a write-up on it uh -huh. goals mission um agendas um costs of things and I had to learn how to do all of that and then then present it to the community. So I had I had um meetings in Lakota Homes. Uh -huh. Open meetings. I cook some soup and feed the people and sit them down and talk about it and see what they thought and and I uh, just planned it. We did that every week for about a month and a half before the camp started. Mm -hmm. Got the approval from the from the community. We took flyers around, we sang, sat in the back of the pickup and just just all kinds of cool stuff like that. Man. Just to, just that's that's how I figured you're supposed to do it, man. Yeah. Like you don't just go in the community and say, you know, I'm gonna do this. Yeah. And get permission from the community. Yeah. And uh, we're welcomed. You know, we're all welcomed. And I grew up there anyway. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, man, it turned out good. Those those kids. The first day, that the camp started, we had to lead them. Mm -hmm. So we had a lot of adults that were there that, that volunteered. So the kids would get on the horse and, you know, we walk them down. We set up another area where we we're going to, um, with crowds and stuff. And, mm -hmm. um, Bridget Williams, a red horse healing. She, she brought her crowds and her, um, some of her relatives and some, they came up and helped out too. Yeah. So we led them down there mm -hmm. every day they rode. So the, the primary, um, goal of the, the one in Lakota Homes was horse camp. Yeah. And things were surrounding that. That yeah. was that was the main thing was it was going to be a horse camp. Mm -hmm. So from 8 a.m. to 4 or 5 p.m. was horseback riding. So that was the main focus and everything surrounded the horses. Yeah. So we prayed for the horses and we asked them, you know, to, for protection. And, yeah. Um, 
because they're coming from country and in the city and you know yeah. even the horses that you know they they sent stuff and they yeah. know stuff so we were we really thought it out we really had a lot of thought put into it and um a lot of support and uh, it turned out good like I wanted to keep going, yeah. you know, but I ended up having to go back to construction. Yeah. But there was people that wanted to do it every weekend, you know, just little mini camps now. Yeah. Little one-day camps every weekend and let those youth ride. So that last day of the ride, though, they all them kids that got led, yeah. they were riding themselves. So yeah. we did a ride from Lakota Homes all the way up around the north side. Yeah. A town and yeah. then came back to Lakota Homes and all those youth rode their own horse. Rode yeah, themselves. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. Uh, it turned out good, man. It was, it was pretty good. I was well, surprised, you, you, you know. You gave them the formula. Hopefully somebody could pick it up, you know. Yeah. Because uh, I think that's cool, man. They, you you probably made the whole neighborhood feel safe with that, you know, because especially yeah. those with the ABC apartments. I think, yeah, we went up there that one time, man, when – one of those guys just got into it, and then they had, like, an event there. But, yeah, like you're saying, you know, come out. I was like, man, I thought the same thing. I was like, man, you, everybody's all peaceful and happy and doing this after somebody dies, you know. Like, I mean, I, I understand that, too. But, I mean, why? why I used to think that, too. Like, why can't we do that just normally, you know? You, like, just have a block party or, you know, like, or, or the, the horse camp or everything you did. Like, just like a celebration of life or something. And and it brings everybody back, you know, reminds them how strong and, and, and badass it is to be Lakota. You know, he's like, like we have all these things to lean on and, uh, just to bring us comfort, man. Like even when, like you said, when you go to a sweat and you hear those songs or something like that, it's, it's just, you know what I mean? Like being around and what you said earlier too, is when you're like, when I get like, I sing at all these Sundances in, in the summertime. And I think the same thing. I'm like, man, I'm at the most safest place I could possibly be right now, man. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm here right now and I'm, you know, I'm helping. And so, so let's bring that to the community, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I was thinking. Let's bring it to the community. These guys are going to sit in their houses at ABCs. Yeah. And maybe they're high, maybe they're not. Maybe they're going through a hard time. Maybe they just lost somebody. Maybe... They can't pay rent. Maybe they got no food in the fridge. Something Man. is going yeah, on, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And they're going through it. Yeah. But they can look outside, see that teepee, hear the drum. Yeah. And smell the cedar, mm. smell the sage, because we were Azelian all the time. Yeah. And even just the fire, the smell of the fire. Yeah. Something, they're going to get strength. Something is, it's going to affect them some kind of yeah. way. Yeah. And whatever it is, it's going to be positive. For real, bro. Well, right now, bro, we're gonna we're gonna play a one of your one of your your cuts here again for you. Okay. Here we go, bro. <laughs> Oh, yeah. 
good that's a good jam bro i like that one um so before we go any further uh man i just want to say that uh that i'm proud of you bro proud to be your bro and uh like i said you're one of the guys i always looked up to because uh man the things you overcame and then where you're at now like a lot of people don't don't make it back you know what i mean so but you, you made it through, and then, and then you know, like, your story is, like, uh, our ways that what brought you out of it, too, you know? So that's that's uh, that's so dope to hear, bro. And um, and, and you're still going, and then the, you're a historian. You know, you, you're keeping a record of all these things and, and, and learning more and more and more. And I'm a, one of these days, bro, I'm going to have to go to your house, man, check out everything you got, man. Yeah, just bring a jump drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you never know. Because, man, it, my family might be out there somewhere too. You know what I mean? But I gotta do. I gotta. Man, I'm I'm like way behind, man. Well, you you record yourself too, like the songs you're just playing for me. I mean, you can take some of these old songs uh -huh. and bring them, bring them back, bring uh, them back. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like that jealous woman when we just talked about uh, that. That that. I always wonder how that came about that song, but. I don't know. That's probably something Seaver Young Bear probably knows or something, huh? There's got to be a story. Yeah. yeah. Like that one you was just telling me about that. What, uh, how's it go again? The one you put the unchi in there instead of? Oh, yeah. That Sons of the Oglalas. Yeah. Yeah. So that it's, um, so for your listeners, I was, I was singing this song right here. It's, uh, I'll sing just the word part. It goes on. Do esecheko heo keo pelo. Woyo haki do kawaki eshni ye unchi ni unki ha echelaya eya ha ha yo. But the word just says somebody is saying somebody said this and if you guys know like um honor songs or penny songs or the there's a area where someone has said this you'll put their name in there not do such but and then uh so the material things on on earth they, they don't mean anything to me um and then the or i think the original it said ina ate so i i just put unchi on there but ina ate uh echela so the only thing that matters is to live to have my mom and dad or my grandma so the the song like that i mean yeah. it, has, it has meaning you yeah. know it's like yeah it, it it instills um wahwala. Yeah. It instills uh, virtues, values, you know, compassion, um love for for what matters is the relationships that we have, right? Yeah. And then like how our conversation is going too is like we have memories of our of our grandmas, grandpas, yeah. and things that they said and our moms and our dads, you know, we have memories of them and there's a lot of people today that have mom and dad, and mm -hmm. if they if we could sing that to them, yeah, and they could understand it and feel it, maybe they'll have more respect for their mom or yeah. their dad, you yeah, because it's hard being mom and dad and struggling and trying to support. But so 
anyway, there's meanings and there's value to a lot of our songs, and um, that's that's like what I say. I I like those kind of songs yeah, right there. That like the the way the the wording of the songs that are made from a long time ago. They're just to me, they're just so natural. They were like to me, it was just like they were just thinking of somebody and they just sang it. But they were so. I mean, they're they're fluent with the language, so just like it just came out so naturally. Like and then the feeling and then the way the people were at the time. Like I I can't man I I can't come up with that man. It's it's so tough. But I as far as the melody though, I could still get that kind of cadence, you know, like that sound. But I can't do the wording, man. Hey, the wording's tough, man. It's it's a uh, it's way it's way different than then you know like to do it i can't come, i couldn't come up with anything like that you know unless what but you know what i take that back if you if i keep learning those then i could you'll get a you'll get a feel yeah feel for it yeah because you'll get a vibe i mean you already i think we already have it we already have the the values we already have a lot of the the because we're I mean, it's in our blood. It's yeah. in our DNA. It's yeah. who we are. You know, if we keep, if we separate ourselves from being Lakota, saying, yeah. you know, we we can't do that, or that's 100 years ago, that's how they did that. Yeah, it is, but we're Lakota too. Yeah. And that's in us. That's who we are. So if we just let go of all the inhibitions and all the um, barriers, self, yeah. that we put up ourselves, yeah. and... Uh, that we disconnect ourselves in certain ways, and we just gotta let that shit, let all of it go, man. And say, you know, me and Lakota. Yeah. You know, I'm Lakota. What I'm going through, what I'm feeling, what I see in this world right here, I'm gonna sing about it. Yeah. I'm gonna talk about it through my songs. Yeah, bro. That's you're you're right, man. You're right, don't. But see, though, like that other song, I I know we live in a materialistic world. Yeah. We do. We just we have to pay bills. We have to work, and yeah, some of us might luck out and you know get a little extra dollar here and there and then but if we don't keep that humility mm-hmm. we let that consume us and control yeah. us yeah and then we 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 buy into mainstream yeah washichu thinking is how much you have yeah how much you own and possess yeah we're not lakotas weren't like that that was the downfall of lakotas whenever they did that land allotment yeah um 1890s 1900 when they said okay let's break this land into little bitty squares you own this much you own that much you own that that much lakotas didn't own the land they, yeah. that wasn't in their thought that wasn't that wasn't part of us yeah we didn't, we didn't own the land couldn't even comprehend really we're caretakers and we <laughs> yeah. all live you know on the land we take care of it so when they said we own it you know and they ah that just messed us all up man yeah yeah and now that's how we live you know we live like that square houses and we buy into that thought so so those little bitty things of that we can reach out and take from our our songs you know like that that's it has an impact on me because i i recognize who we are and how we've gotten to where we're at and we have to hold on to some of those things you know and yeah bro for sure man but just like you said you know like you get caught up with "I, i need this i need that or um just like materialistic shit, you know, like, cause I want my daughter to be successful, you know, like mm-hmm. I wanted to go to college and, and do all that. But I always re- remind myself, you know, like what I really, really want 
and what is really important for me is if she's a respectable woman, you know, she's she's kind and compassionate. That's what I really want her to be. Like, I want people to say, man, she's she's a good, she's just a good woman all around, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that will make me proud. Like, if I meet somebody and say, oh, your daughter is such, you know, she's so polite, she's a good person, you know, like that, that right there is a, is a lot. And, uh, but you know, I, I, I still want her to go to college too, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's the world we live in, man. We yeah, have to live yeah. in two worlds. We gotta live in two worlds. But bro, I got um, I got a question from uh, one of the bros out in California. His name is Hunter, and he's a a young young Lakota boy. You know he he grew up in the in the hood, and you know he he's just trying to stay connected. And he had a question for you. He said. Uh, What's the best advice for young Lakotas or, or natives trying to find their way? You know what I mean? Just like what, what what would you say just to, I mean, I think you kind of explained it, you know, earlier, but if you want to kind of. If somebody, like what I would say to young young brother is pray about it first. First and foremost, use your culture, your spirituality. We have Tunkashilas and grandfathers um there's creation there's a lot of powers that we draw on and we have to believe that we're not alone in this world you know if we can believe that we're not we're not doing things alone that we have those things around us you know all the the grandfathers the grandmothers and the stars all the everything in creation they're they're, they're a part of us and we're a part of them and we have to believe that so so one of the customs that we do is we put tobacco out. We put out tobacco. We put out wasna, you know, spirit food, raw kidney. There's different things that, that we have that we consider um, spirit foods. Put those things out and ask, you know, help me and guide me. Yeah. Show me a better way. Show me what I need to learn because some of us don't even know what we're supposed to learn. Yeah. You know, yeah. we don't know. Yeah, we see we watch uh, dances with wolves or something like that, and some kind of a, you know, some sometimes our um, our idea of what being Lakota is is fantasized, mm-hmm. and even our own people will make up stories on certain things mm-hmm. just to make it sound cooler than shit, you know. Yeah, and yeah. along the way that became truth to certain yeah. families and teoshpais and bigger people. But I mean, our Lakotas are were, were just plain, simple, just yeah. ikchea. That's what ikchea means. Yeah, we're common. For so sure, for sure, bro. So we go back to those beliefs, and then we ask for help first. First thing, ask for help. Put tobacco ties out. Put wonye out. And then ask. Just start there. Just be honest. Just be honest and humble. Um, huh? Humble. You know, just what am I supposed to learn? What direction am I supposed to go? Put those things in my way. Help me to be able to see when they are there. Because one of the big things that I realized was I thought I was alone. And then as I became stronger in my spiritual ways and my cultural ways, I realized that there were people around me, school counselors, there were elders in the community. I lived next door to a Wapia Wichasha. Mm-hmm. Singers lived across the street. I never seen it, cause yeah. But 
as my eyes opened, I started to realize that there were people around me yeah. already yeah. that were always there. Yeah. I just never, you know, knew it. And then I never knew how to reach out and ask for help. Yeah. yeah. And to kolawicha, you know, or dakuichai, uh, to make somebody my relative or to make somebody a friend and and uh, find those resources. They'll start to come. They'll come to you. Yeah. When people see that you're sincere and you really want to do something and change your life, the right people are going to come into your life, you yeah. know, and yeah. you got to be able to see it and recognize it. Yeah. But, but on a, on another level there, there's books. I mean, there's elders, there's still living elders out there that you could take food. If you're going to ask anybody, anything, take them a bag of groceries, take them tobacco yeah. and do it traditional way. And if they take it, that means they they look, they appreciate you and they accept your offering and they're going to help you. Yeah. yeah and they'll yeah. be honest with you. So those are some of the, the, the ways that you can go about it is take elders, you know, tobacco, um, take a singer tobacco. If you want to learn song, drum, take a um, prayer man, you know, prayer person, um, whoever's conducting ceremony or prayers or pipe keeper. Um, take them tobacco and say what is the you know what is this about what is this about yeah um so there's ways that you can do it and then just keep going don't give up on it just keep looking and keep looking and keep finding stuff but it just depends on what you're looking for i guess yeah. you know yeah. and yeah. if you don't know then you got to keep keep asking yourself and try to find out what you want to do so they say ni tuejo who are you mm. that's the i think that's the the ground or the basics, the who am I? I'm a Lakota, yeah. I know that. What what's my family? Who is my family? Where do I come from? What's my history of my family? Where does my lineage come from on my mom, my dad? Where's my grandparents' land? Where where are their hearts? Where are they buried? You know, and yeah. and find out who you are as far as like your family and who yeah. you come from. Yeah. And then from there, you'll know like what band you are, what Tioshpae you are. Then you'll know who your relatives are, and, yeah. you, and then you'll see your circle grows as the more you um, learn. I, I need I need to do that more too, bro. Like me, like for for real. I need for so long. I've just been focusing on trying to learn how learn the songs and protocol for all these ceremonies and stuff like that. And now I think it's time for me to do that before it's too late, you know, because I still have all my aunties and some grandmas left and stuff like that so i need i need to get my ass in gear when it comes to that i think it's important man it's important to know who you are and where you come from it is and then learn your history yeah so that's all a part of it because we're so distant now and we're different uh generation but we have a history and times were different then and you know they went through a lot of stuff back then but we have to find out who they were yeah. To know who we are. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that that's kind of like what I've been going through last, you know, several years. Yeah. Is learning more and more about where I came from. Yeah. Who are the people that, you know, that made it possible for me to be here. Yeah. And that's helped me out to understand who I am yeah. as, as well. And, and it looks at my, look at my children as yeah. a different generation. And I want yeah. them to make sure they know who yeah. they come from too. Yeah. Hell yeah, bro. Does that kind of sound like what he's asking about? Yeah, yeah, bro. Yep, yep, hell yeah. That's that's a lot for him to 
think about there too, you know, the the young bro. But um, all right, bro. Now that's my my one of my favorite parts of the the interview, bro. You got you got to tell a scary story, bro. Scary story. <laughs> yeah, fair normal. Man, some Keeley ones. So I, so I only I got one that I was I didn't tell nobody yet. I I think my sister and. Uh, my mom, my mom knows about it. So we was out in Grass Creek when I was a little kid. I was probably about five, six, about the age where you, you know, you, they still make you go to bed early, remember? So, yeah, yeah. So we didn't have no lights. We had a new house, but there's no lights, no running water, nothing like that. And we had this house. It's just, it's not a big house, but we had it, and it's way out in Grass Creek, like mm-hmm. out in about seven eight miles out or maybe it's not that far but it seemed like that when i was a kid yeah long ways out there so kerosene lamp type things you know um so anyway was all going to bed i don't know where my grandma and grandpa and them were but uh, my mom had come back with her one of her boyfriends and i think one of my little brothers and they were i was sleeping with them in the living room and you heard something downstairs Mm -hmm. at grass creek in the house and like remember those those uh, metal tin things that go along the basement for heating ducts and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like somebody was pounding on it or something, oh, like shit. pounding on it. And then so the basement door, <laughs> there was a door that by the back door, there's a door that goes down and then there's steps and then it's open up to the whole basement down there. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, they start knocking on that door up on tops from the inside. Oh. And I was tripping out, man. <laughs> and. <laughs> and uh my little brother was too young to know what was going on and my mom's uh boyfriend he goes over there like he you know he's all tough he's from the uh, city he's a clink yeah. kid or something like that yeah opens that door up of course there's nobody there there's no lights and and he starts hollering that's what freaked me out he starts hollering down yeah stairs to that yeah. ghost man he's talking to a ghost he's like Hey, you guys, you get out of there. Yeah. Who's down there? You know, like just yeah. just hollering at him, and that freaked me out even more. And then <laughs> whoever was down there started knocking on them tin things even more, like oh, just like no. banging on it. Uh, anything metal down there, they were knocking on it. Yeah. Man, I tripped out. <laughs> Holy smokes. I asked my mom about that, uh-huh. and she remembers it. She remembers that. That's like, Keely, bro. Like, is yeah, I don't know. I didn't ever ask her what she thought about it, but I always remember that. Man. It was like a... But it, I never went back down there, though. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Even in the day, man, if I if they said go get something, I'll run down there and run right back out yeah. of there. I know, especially at that, that age, man. I have an uncle that lives out there in Madison, too. His name's Orson Cooney. Yeah, I know Orson. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, that's my uncle, yeah. You know, the, the green-eyed guy. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> but, man, <laughs> shit, when I was younger, he used to tell me some some mean stories, boy. And then he used to tell me, he, he would, and he used to do it on purpose. He'd tell me all those stories. He'd be like, don't be trying to sleep with your mom either. Why? Because <laughs> <laughs> I get all scared. I want to sleep in the yeah. same room as there. So he'd be like, no, you, so you got to sleep on, on this couch here. Leave your mom alone. I was like, oh, man, I used to. Remember it then I remember your kid, man, you start thinking about shit. This the mind starts messing with you and I was like, man, he lived way out there. Are you have you been to his place out there? Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, he's oh, like south of Man Manderson. But he told me some 
man, I think he he said he uh, did you ever he he told me that there's like a like on that scenic road he said there's like a a horseman out there. Is it a horseman? Yeah. I only heard the deer man and then uh-huh. the giant spider. Jeez. So when I was a, when I was a little kid, I was just telling because I went down to Kyle last yesterday and my eighteen uh, year old was with me. Uh-huh. So one time, um, my grandparent, my grandma was they was all partying in scenic. Remember that was the spot, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. I was about seven, maybe, <laughs> and it was evening time. Uh-huh. And there was little Laotian like immigrants that uh-huh. used to live there. So I buddied up with some of the kids. We'd go play while the parents were doing their thing. And evening time, I come back and I looked all over, man. I couldn't find them. I was like, dang, they left me, man. Oh, duh. I was asking uh, Hallie Merrill, Twyla. Nobody knew nothing. So, so I walked. I walked back to Manderson. I was mm-hmm. seven years old from Scenic. So when you get out um, on the south side, there's a, there used to be a train tracks there. With rocks, you know, train tracks, they have those big old rocks or whatever. Uh-huh. I loaded my pockets up and grabbed some of my hand. I just took off back for back for Manderson, man. Oh, man. It was, it was just where the sun was just going down. Uh-huh. So I was thinking, man, that big spider is going to get me. Hey. Or I wasn't, like, I didn't really believe the big spider, even though the stories they told me, they, uh-huh. you know, they make it sound real, right? Yeah, They're yeah. going to scare you. Yeah. So, so I kind of like, thought maybe there might be something out there yeah but that was that deer man that i didn't want to see man it was a deer man they said he wears an army coat Uh you know and he's he walks and then yeah they told me some crazy stories and they made him sound real scared the shit out of me man so i had my rocks man i was walking i would walk back to manderson (laughs) i got picked up though you know i got picked up i got rides and made it all the way to manderson Shit, that's that's tough too. I, I remember, I stayed I stayed at uh I went to go I had a I had some chick that used to live in Ogala, and I used to go visit her and my sister dropped me off. I'd go hang out with her for a little while and then she used to come pick me up like about nine thirty, and then for some reason she didn't come pick me up. I don't know her. My mom had some miscommunication or something. But that's when there's no cell phones there. So it's not like it just oh. said the text or fucking, and then I remember her grandma too. Her her grandma her grandma knew my uncle Sam or my my grandpa Sam, Sam Harrybird. Well, well, that's a different story, but yes. But her grandma said she said okay. She said you have to you have to go now. She said uh, you can't stay here. She told me I was like oh she like all right well I'll just go outside wait for my my mom. She wait ten thirty. Eleven o'clock, the bed started getting cold. Anyway, I was like, "Shit, man!" I was like, "Fuck!" They forgot about me. Then I went, I went back up and I told her, "I said, hey, do you think I can stay?" She's like, "No, my grandma won't let you stay. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta go or something." And then I remember Ira makes him first lived a couple of houses down from there. So I'm like, what? So I went over to Ira's place, tried to knock on the on his window. He wasn't there. So I remember I was like, "All right, shit, man." And there's that, like, remember Oglala is then. They got that new little paved road that goes to the housing there. Yeah. Well, they had there was an old road. They used to go from the housing over to, what's that highway? The main highway that goes 18? down the ridge. Yeah, eighteen. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I was like, fuck! I'm gonna have to go, man. I'm gonna have to try to hoof it to ridge, or at least get the cops' attentions and, and, and head out there. But anyway, I, I remember I start walking and shit. Right, there was an old abandoned house there, man, and. Age, man, I was just, 
was working, I was like, please, I was praying. I said, Tunkasha, please just protect me. Just get me home, bro. <laughs> tripping out, bro. It's dark. And then he's just the, the second worst thing you could run into when you're walking at night, bro. Horseman. Fucking, fucking patch of red dogs, bro. Oh, hell no. <laughs> man. He's, I had my same thing, bro. I was loaded up with rocks, man. I could... Look, just came out, man, and they're vicious too, man. So yeah. I, had, I had to outrun them to, and then I got to the highway, man, and the cops are there, and they said, "Yeah, you better get home." And then they left. <laughs> they didn't give you a ride. Oh uh-uh, <laughs> man! Like, so then I went back, and then, then she, then she snuck me in her room. Then I was like, "It's all right." <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I, I didn't die. So got traumatized though. Yeah. Shit, man. I don't like we walk around Ridge and that lady. That shit night. dark. Shit, that that's I, I I'll give if you can make it from North Ridge, the old crazy horse without getting bit, bro. Or <laughs> <Hey>. through <laughs> Manderson too, probably, huh? Yeah, when I was a kid, there was always the one dogs. You know, they're mean and they of course they leave them outside. Hey. You don't walk by there. Yeah. You know, you know where not to go. Yeah. But damn, bro, it's, it was good. Good having you on, bro. Man, just uh, hopefully you come back on again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, bro. There's there's a lot more to cover, man. A lot, lot more history that. Yeah, for sure, hear. man. Yeah, I'm glad man. I got to make it. Yeah, bro. Finally, finally, man. Everybody's gonna be they're they're gonna, they're gonna ask for more episodes though from you too though because I I know we barely scratched the surface, man. Everybody two two hour episode isn't isn't enough all the time, but um. Is there any shout outs or any anything you wanna Um no just no not really. Not really uh all right well Seahawks they e- won e- so I'm alright with that man. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no man the bros are Seahawks fan I'm a Niner fan so e- that's Rosebud and Ridge right there. But yeah bro it was good having you on and um yeah, maybe you could bring a couple recordings next time or something, huh? Yeah, I'll send you something. Yeah, yeah, get get in and and let me know what you find out about that uh deal deal tomorrow. You might you said it's a recording or it's a it's no, a it's document. A inter- it's just a document. It's an interview. Yeah, I might head over to appear for training, but there's uh-huh. um the South Dakota State Historical Society's there. Uh huh. So I'm gonna hit them up and see what they got, man. Jeez. While I'm there. Hopefully, yeah. I'll make time somehow, or at least get them on the phone, how, see what they got. How long are you going to be up there, bro? Still Thursday, about three-day training. Dang, that's... But yeah, I, I've always heard they got a lot of stuff. I just, I've never personally went to any museum or archives uh-huh. or anything like that. Uh-huh. But I, I've always wanted to. Yeah. Just, just to see what they got, you know, see yeah. hands-on, real stuff. And Shit, I want to go, go, I wonder what they have at the Smithsonian. Oh yeah, it's probably could probably spend a month just looking at stuff. Uh, Every tribe too, right? I think so. Yeah, I know we just got a bunch of stuff repatriated. So I think it's at Ogallala Lakota College, um, somewhere in Massachusetts. A family had a collection, and they claimed that it, the items belonged to those that were killed at Wounded Knee. Mm-hmm. So there were some families here. Um, Cheyenne River and Oglala, and they teamed up and went out there and and brought those things back. Yeah. So I think they're at OLC. 
Guadalajara Coda College archives now. I'm not I'm not sure for sure yet. Yeah. But yeah, it'd be good. It's always good to see old stuff, man. That's, I'm old, man. I don't do nothing, so that's all yeah. I do is try to research and hang out. And I'm kind of like still in the compiling stage. Uh-huh. I, I haven't really sat down and uh, studied all of it. All of it, or you know, maybe just like I said, I pick the stuff out that pertains to my family and stuff. Yeah. But there's just so much. There's so much stuff that you can see and find out there that. Anybody's family, they probably could find something, you know. Yeah, yeah. But that's it, man. That's all they do. Yeah, bro. That's a. <clears throat> like I said, I'm have to. I, I never been to your house yet, bro. Where, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. One, one of these days, I'll, I'll go over there and bring some coffee or something. Yeah. Just hang out because I want to hear some of that old stuff. Because, man, like I think I heard, an old, uh, Sundance or something, right? Like. They got even they, they they even recorded sunnesses back then. Huh? Yeah, I got one in eighteen ninety six. Dang. Alice Fletcher recorded it. There's one in eighteen ninety eight. How many sunnesses were back in those days, bro? Uh, I'm not sure. They usually just had one, huh? Just one, one or two, maybe at the and most. There, but and there was only certain usually certain like societies, men, huh? yeah, yeah, certain the, men, huh? Tokala, Braveheart, whatever the society was, they would usually uh, sponsor it. You know. Yeah. And they would send the word out. So wherever camps that they were at in the uh-huh. area, they would come camp there. Yeah. There's one in 1905. Like, I have those recordings, but I, I don't listen to them too much. There's one in 1905. And uh, it's crazy because the guy that's talking, it's he says, And then he, all these warriors, you could hear them in the background. They just start akishan. Yeah. Like, and then all them whistles start going, and then he he sings a song by himself, and then then they all take it up. But like if you try to come out at a Sundance Akisha on today, man, they'd be like, "Hey, you're crazy, man! What do you get yeah. out of get out of here?" Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know some of the things that they did back then. That it's it's different today. Yeah, but I don't I don't really play those or share those or listen to them. But I mean, to you I would, but not yeah. on social media or nothing. Yeah, yeah, like that, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, heck yeah, yeah for sure. But yeah, there's some good stuff out there. Yeah, I mean, just like, I mean, just it's just crazy to think that they, they were recording, like you know what I mean. But like, or that was allowed, or I don't know. I don't really know how things were back then, or how strict they were, or or if things were really complicated, or just like you said, if they were just basic and well, just they, real common like maybe said, like you know? before 1870s it might might not ever have heard of any even you know non-natives yeah there but remember when they got forced to be on mm-hmm. reservations yeah there's always going to be agents white people governing and then yeah. it's out loud uh you go to jail for being did, did, ceremonies and stuff so they probably they probably invited them just to get approval oh, or something, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did do you ever have in have any recordings or anything of them talking about Crazy Horse? Or you ever hear yeah. anything? Yeah. Yeah, I got some they're they're um recent though. You know, recent more recent, like eighteen uh nineteen uh fifties maybe. Dang. There's a couple of them. One guy is uh oh, I forgot his name. Paul Sleeping Bear um, but yeah, anyway, I got him. There's another one too, old guys. 
there's some good recordings out there, man. Just talking mm. all in Lakota. So you yeah. gotta you gotta kind of understand the Lakota. Have somebody explain it to you. Yeah, what they're saying. And it can do you do you remember anything they said about him or? Yeah, I don't want to. No, okay. say nothing. All right, though, all right, all right. I'll go to your house, bro. I have to go check yeah. it out, bro. You go bring some coffee and donuts. I wanna. Yeah. Just to, man, cause that's a. Can you you think about it, man? That's like. So mind. so he had a medicine, he had a a protection medicine mm-hmm. that no arrows or no bullets would hit him. Mm-hmm. You know that's one of the things that I've heard in two different recordings about him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and then so after he died, people tried to get that medicine, mm-hmm. but it, they could never get it. I. I don't know, like they, it was specific for him, maybe, you know, I mean, just from what those recordings, those guys said is that he had the medicine where no arrows ever shot him or bullets ever hit him. Mm -hmm. And then after he was gone, other people tried it and it didn't work for them. Didn't work out for them, whatever that, you know, that medicine was. Yeah, that's. But it's pretty powerful to hear it though. Yeah. And he even. Like they even have a song that was that he sang, and it's I've heard it before and I've heard it on a recording and I'm I'm not gonna learn it because that's not my song and you yeah. know yeah I probably would never sing it ever yeah. so yeah but because that was his song you know yeah. specific for him and there's a lot of recordings that are like that that I don't even learn I might hear them yeah but I don't learn them because I'm I don't feel like I'm supposed to learn them. Yeah. But it's good to hear and kind of like like I understand and it gives me a, a a sense of what was what it was like, you yeah. know, back yeah. then and but I would never sing those certain songs, you yeah, know. Yeah, yep, yep. I understand, bro, 100%. Um man, that's inter- just that's interesting to hear, bro, like and, and just knowing that they have some type of history like that far back you know what i mean and, and coming from the people that were actually there and witnessed those times the old ways and their thought process like everything was completely different than what it was now you know it's like and then and then, and then it helps you think like holy shit the way they think and the way they had to start thinking because of the new world that was coming and why things got so flipped upside down for the next generations, you know. And then the language changed, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So the language changed. If you listen to these old recordings, the mm-hmm. way they talk, mm-hmm. you don't hear it like that no more. So yeah. even, like, we've extended our language for mm-hmm. some reason or another. Mm-hmm. The words that we, we say today are a little bit longer than what they said before. So, like, sometimes I hear they say the old language or, you know, like that. Yeah. So there's this guy named George Sword. He uh-huh. wrote a book, mm-hmm. and he wrote used all what I think would be called the old language. Yeah, and the words are just like one or two syllables. Mm-hmm. You know, not like a whole five, six syllables for a word. Yeah, and so maybe they spoke like that real quick, gen, uh, different. But yeah. today the language is different. You can you can hear it because like some of those the way the like even Grandpa beard when in his recording some of it i can't understand what he's 
referring mm. to or what he's saying. Maybe it's like the English influence after a while, or, or like uh, like the maybe it may, may, maybe uh, maybe they were trying to explain, or you know, it just just were being around the white men and then just you know me trying to ex- be, get more detail in a word or something or I, I don't know something like that. There's a there's <laughs> a story I read as George Sword. He was. Uh, saying how he felt bad mm-hmm. like he was sad because even in his time in 1900 to 19 you know 18 well i think the the interview was like around 1900 yeah and maybe a little before that he he felt bad then because the language is already changing then yeah and he is wondering you know what it's going to be like in the future man and so he he was writing stuff down, and I guess there's a book out there. I gotta find it, you know, a language book. I've always wanted to, but I have I don't know where to get it or. Yeah. I have to find it, see what it looks like. Shit, but man. he was a policeman there too, and there was um, a story that somebody wrote about a Sundance. They had a Sundance down in Pine Ridge, mm-hmm. and there was like uh, ten thousand or more people there gathered, yeah. and George Sword only had like a hundred. At the most, a hundred uh, policemen, yeah, tribal police or whatever they call them, and uh, they was getting war hooped up, you know, uh, <laughs> from the Sundance. Yeah, all them warriors, all them people camped, and yeah. So I guess he came and rode all his um, warrior, his uh, policemen mm-hmm. around that camp. Yeah, like he was gonna quiet them down or something. Uh huh. And they chased him off. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, there's interesting stuff, and there's people out there that know this stuff. Like, we have relatives out here that really studied, and some of them are really knowledgeable about history and, like, specific battles and teoshpais and stuff. And I find that fascinating, man. I Like, I want to know that stuff, too, someday. Man, me too. If, if you, man, I, I do. You know what? I might have one here someday, and maybe Harold Selway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just to. Talk to him. He's old. Another. He's an older, you know, gentleman that I'd like to kind of, you know, see what his life was about and what he went through too. You know, so I got a bro. Um, um, he's doing the uh, working on the res in Wamli, but he has a access to um Uncle Dicky Moves Camp. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I said, tell him to uh, do one of his presentations all in Lakota. Only yeah. in Lakota. Yeah. You know, that would be something because nowadays, you know, a lot of our our elders, they do presentations and they're in English language because, yeah, yeah. of course, we don't understand, yeah, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. But just do it in Lakota, man. Just even if make us understand, make us have to learn it, you yeah. know. Make us have to ask somebody to interpret it or make us have to do a little work, you know, yeah. to understand what. Plus, if you say it in the Lakota language, anything you say in the Lakota language is going to have a different meaning. Yeah. You know, by the, by the words that they use and everything is just, it's it's different. If you hear it in the Lakota language and then you hear it in the in the English language. Yeah. It's going to kind of like lose a, lose some of its meaning, some yeah. of its property from the in the English language. Yeah, yeah, for sure, bro. I like I like to listen to the Lakota language spoke. Yeah, yeah, for sure, bro. But man, I appreciate you making time and 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 coming out, bro. Okay. And um, uh, 
like I said, we'll, ha- we'll have you on again one of these times. And uh, what song do you want to go out to, bro? Um, Maybe that Horn Cloud one, huh? Did I send you one? I think so. Um, yep, I got it right here, bro. Here we go. You ready? Yeah, see if that's the same one. All right, bro. I appreciate you again, bro, for coming on. I thank you, man. Right on. Thanks for having me, man. For sure, bro. We'll have you on again soon. That's it.